Today, I'm joined by Zach Hanchu from Roto World, NBC Sports, whatever we want to call it. We're going over our early industry mock draft from earlier in the week. Let's go, balls deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. I'm Adam King. You can find me on Twitter or X, whatever we want to call it, at AdamKing91. Our website is fbibasketball.com. All of our leagues over there, all of our dynasty stuff, our content, which is still churning out today. As I said, I am joined by uh, Zach Hanchu. Zach, are you calling it X or are you calling it Twitter? I'm calling it Twitter still. I, I can't really get, get behind the X right now, but uh, you know I'm slow to change, man. So eventually, I will. <laughs> I will change. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still going with Twitter, even though my phone tells me it's called X now. Every all the logos and everything's been updated. So, uh, but I'm still going with Twitter. Uh, as I said, we we are going to go over our mock draft that we did uh dr a and i hosted the show earlier in the week um you were one of the 12 analysts in the draft very early three months until the start of the season um so i mean take from this what you will uh, obviously a lot can change let me bring up my little slides here and let me take i don't need two logos up there one is enough so we're going to go round by round uh, a few of you had reached out to me um, just saying that the fonts and the text was a little bit small when we did the live show because it was it was simply the fan tracks, the draft room. So I've made some slides here, hopefully a little bit easier to read. There we go. All right. And and I'm I don't know what the red looks like here. I've highlighted your players in red, um, just to remind me and to remind you of who you picked. First round, uh actually been a bit of chatter about first round uh, on Twitter over the last few days. Um, so we'll start there. I'll just recap the picks really quickly and then we'll have a chat about your your pick and and maybe if we have a favourite pick. Uh, Nikola Jokic went at one, no surprise, followed by Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Lamelo Ball, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Trey Young. Now you were at pick six and you picked Jason Tatum. I'm assuming you were hoping with all fingers crossed, toes crossed that Tyrese was going to fall to you here and he didn't, but you took Jason Tatum. Um, Pretty safe to me. Thoughts on Jason Tatum here? Yeah, man, it was, uh, I had some choice words for B-Dub that I chose to kind of keep to myself. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I played it safe with Tatum. Uh, I didn't want to reach for anybody here. Um, you know, Tatum is a pretty secure pick here at number six. Um, even with Jalen Brown getting that $300 million deal, uh, you know, Tatum is going to be the guy. Uh, he's going to have a ton of usage. He's going to rack up a ton of those stats that you want to see across the board. Um, so yeah, it, it felt safe, uh, in this first round, uh, you know, I think Curry at 10 was a, a pick that was a pretty decent value. I thought Lillard at 11, uh, pretty decent value. Um, LaMelo at nine felt like a reach. I know you're high on him, but uh, that's a bit high for me, uh, just with the injury history uh, and maybe some guys coming back, uh, like a Miles Bridges or Brandon Miller that they drafted. So that one, that one felt like maybe a bit of a reach. I can't see him getting into the top 12 this year, but uh, – you know that's how it goes. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree there. I think, um, I think, I think for me, I mean, Jokic is going to go number one. I don't yeah. see any leagues where he doesn't go number one. I think two to six. Those so those five guys there that we've got from two to six are pretty much a lock to be two to six at the moment. Um, yeah. In in some sort of order, Shea at two is 
I mean, that's a little bit higher for me, but if if you want him, you grab him there. Um, I've actually moved Tatum up to to three or four, I think, in my rankings. Um, Luca at three. So Tatum is the obvious one there for me at six. And then I think the bottom half, again, you could shuffle those guys up. You could take Steph at seven. Uh, Trey Young is a, an interesting one there for me at 12. I don't have mm. him in my top 12. Uh, let me either. So I've actually got Anthony Davis in my top 12. So I swap him in there. But looking at the second round and your pick is one that we really want to talk about. Uh, we had Anthony Davis at 13, followed by uh, DeMontis Sabonis, Darren Jackson, James Harden, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Victor Wembanyama, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Nicole Bridges, Walker Kessler, and Desmond Bain. You took Victor at pick 19. My first question is, if this was a real draft, would you have taken him? Um, it, it's still a maybe. I, I mean, I reached a little bit here because I know in drafts where you're with other analysts and guys that you kind of know are going to reach a little bit for some of their guys – uh, you do have to play that game a little bit. And I've drafted with you guys before, a lot of you. Um, and, and honestly, man, this is this is still fantasy basketball, right? So we're still here to try to dole out some advice and try to you mm. know show people, hey, you know, you could get value here. Don't draft this guy, draft this guy. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is all about fun, right? So, like, I took Tyrese Halliburton second overall in the last locked on fantasy basketball league that I was in last year with Josh Lloyd. And for guys like Victor, if you like him, if he's somebody that you're going to have fun rooting for and putting him on your team, reach up and grab him. I mean, this is all about having fun. If I want Halliburton, I'll reach a space for him. If I want somebody like a Chet Holmgren, I'll reach up and get him a little bit early. Uh, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, in the fantasy that play fantasy hoops are going to have a similar mindset. I think if you don't, if I wouldn't have grabbed Victor here, he wouldn't have made it back to me in round three. I, I seriously doubt that he would have still been on the board. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fairly confident he wouldn't have been either. Um, we obviously spoke whenever we did our analyst interview, which feels like quite a while ago, but and and I and we spoke. And I spoke to all the analysts about where they would like to get Victor this year. And it was yeah. sort of third round was was where people were hoping maybe the fourth. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's already pretty clear that you're going to have to take him in the second um, if you want to get him. So, yeah, look, I'm I'm fine taking him there. It probably is a bit of a reach. But as you said, he, he's not going to be there at whatever your next pick is, which is, uh, what, mid-30s um, or early no, early 30s, so 31 or something. So he's not going to be there then. So I'm fine with him. Um, everyone else, he feels relatively safe. Uh, what are your thoughts on Walker Kessler at 23? Because I'm really high on Walker Kessler, but even 23 feels high. But uh, again, whoever took him, I can't remember who had that pick, but he's not going to, like, he's going to go off the board in the third round, I think. So... Is this too high for Walker Kessler? Well, I mean, so this was Alex Burns, if I remember correctly. It was him or Noah, uh, one of the Noah Rubin, one of the two of them uh, are. I know both are pretty high on Walker Kessler. Um, I don't know that people are going to take him this high in drafts, but does he have this ceiling? I, I, I honestly believe he does. Um, he was uh, one of the top five players in blocks per game last season. Um, you know, we've seen from guys like a Jaron Jackson, like a Miles Turner in years past. Uh, if you can be the blocks leader and elevate yourself and separate that much more from the pack in terms of that very scarce category, uh, you can elevate yourself all the way into that first round territory for fantasy hoops. Um, so obviously Kessler, poor free throw percentage, doesn't shoot the threes. Um, but if if you're really excelling in that blocks category, field goal percentage, um, he did this all in, I think, 23 minutes per game last season. So he can obviously improve in points and rebounds with some extra minutes, which I'm sure he will get. Uh, so I think him finishing in that top 15 range is certainly not out of the question at all. I think we've actually got a, a really good comparison 
even if we just look back to last year, Nick Claxton last year finished at 24th in nine mm-hmm. cat leagues, averaging 12.6 points, 9.2 rebounds, two and a half blocks, 70% from the field. I think Kessler can do that. I don't see why sure. he won't be a double-double with two and a half blocks. Um, mm-hmm. And probably uh, what I'm just looking. I know Nick Claxton is really bad from the free throw line. Uh, just having a look at what Kessler is yeah, about Kessler the same. Was horrendous. Yeah, yeah, so so pretty similar. So, I mean, just looking at that, then, okay, maybe you take him here and maybe he finishes around this area. But as you said, blocks are such a swing category. You only need to draft one or two guys. And your team is actually a really good example of that. You've got – because I know your next few picks are guards. Um, you only really picked – Two shot blockers, uh, you, Wembenyama being one of them and, and another guy later in the draft. But just having one or two elite shot blockers makes you competitive in that category. You don't need to draft three, four, five guys that block shots. So we will go to the third round. Uh, so we had Jimmy Butler first off the board at 25, Fred Van Fleet, Lowry Markinen, Kyrie Irving, Bam Adebayo, DeJounte Murray, Pascal Siakam, LeBron James, Chet Holmgren, Cade Cunningham, Darius Garland, and Nikola Vucevic. DeJounte was your guy here. Um, pick 30. What was he last year? I got, got to look at what players were last 37 year. last year in per game value. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, you went a little bit higher, but I think he'll be better mm-hmm. this year. Um, I don't think he can be worse. So this feels about right. Um, reasons for taking DeJounte here? Uh, yeah, I needed a guard here, and he felt like the best available option. Um, and, yeah, I mean, 37 last year, he was, you know, top 12 guy two years ago, obviously, as the number one option for the Spurs. And he's sharing the backcourt with Trey. Um, but as you mentioned, there's room for improvement for him this year. Um, and when we're talking about five or six or seven spots here, um, I think that's fairly inconsequential in terms of where we're drafting him compared to last year. So I felt like that was a a pretty good value for me right here as my top guard, uh, you know, to get him in the third round. Yeah, I think so. And another elite guy in one of those low-volume categories as well. So really solid for Mm -hmm. steals. He's going to make you competitive straight away getting him. Um, A couple of guys – I want to talk about he Kyrie at 28. I, I think that's really good value. What are your thoughts on Kyrie this year? Uh, I love that value right there. Um, that was a guy that I was going to take uh, if he hadn't already been grabbed. I was really eyeing him right there. Um, so, and, and I really thought for sure uh, DeJounte was going to get taken right after that. So fortunately, Bam went. Uh, but Kyrie, man, he's a guy that's going to be, he's going to give you second round value. Uh, I think that's really his floor uh, is that top 24 value, uh, you know, with top 12 baked in as well. Uh, you know, big part of that is going to be uh, the 50, 40, 90 that he's going to push for in terms of shooting every season. Uh, you know, he's going to give you elite field goal uh, free throw percentage. Uh, he shoots threes. He scores at a high volume, uh, decent with rebounds, with steals, with six. This, uh, he doesn't really kill you too many places. Um, so, so we've got then a couple of guys who are, I mean, they're not, well, they're not rookies. Cade's definitely not a rookie. But thoughts on Cade at 34, I'm pretty high on him this year as well. Um, and then the other guy there, Chet Holmgren, who went one pick ahead of him at 33, is, well, he. It's his second season, but didn't play last season. So we, we're calling it his rookie season. Um, pretty high for Chet as well. I, I'd like to probably get him around later. But I think much like Wembenyama, he's one of those guys, if you want to get him, you have to grab him because he's going to – he'll get hyped and he'll get built up as we approach the season. So uh, do you like those guys there in this range? 
Again, I'm fine with Chet there. Obviously, you'd like to get him later if you could, um, just given his uncertainty as a rookie. And we know, you know, generally how rookies perform in, in terms of fantasy hoops, um, you know, getting all the way up to 33. If he finishes the season in that range would be phenomenal. Uh, but again, he's a guy that you have to reach for. So I'm fine with it. I think he has the upside to get there. Uh, a guy like Cade Cunningham, um, I don't, I don't see the upside of him here. Um, you know, as a rookie, uh, you know, we saw some some pretty good flashes, obviously started the season rough and finished pretty strong. Uh, I, I'm just not entirely sure that he can get anywhere close to this type of value, uh, especially after Detroit has made some additional signings. Um, and after he missed time last season, I think the injury risk is certainly a concern for me as well. Um, it, what makes you so high on Cade for this season? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just, I still think I know Detroit have added some guys, but I still think he's their, he's their key piece. He's who they're building around. Um, so he's going to have the ball. He's going to, I'm not sure this season is the one where he breaks out. As you said, he has, he basically had all of last year off. So um, that's going to impact it. I, I think he'll have the opportunity to just do basically whatever he wants to do. So, I think his counting stats will be really good. I think he'll score. I think he'll get some assists, rebounds. Doesn't offer a ton on the defensive end. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I like his opportunity. I think long-term dynasty, I'm pretty high on him. I managed to get him at pick nine, I think, in the in Noah's um, Tank Me Later show uh, draft. So I was pretty happy to get him at pick nine. Um, I know some people were considering him at around pick five in that draft. So, I mean, I'm not a dynasty expert by any means, but uh, I, I just like his opportunity. I just like his game. Um, I think it might not be this year, which is why it's, that's maybe a little bit high for me. But, yeah, if you, if you want him, take him. Next round. Oh, there we go. So fourth round. Uh, pick 37, Paul George, Jalen Brown, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Evan Mobley, Zion Williamson, Kawhi Leonard, De'Aaron Fox, Brandon Ingram, Miles Turner, Jalen Brunson, Jamal Murray, and Drew Holiday. So De'Aaron Fox was your pick here, so you went back-to-back guards. Uh, Fox coming off, he was, I mean, he was awesome last year. Uh, finished as the 41st-ranked player, so you, you're right in line with where he ended last season. Um, I don't know. This this feels really solid to me. Is, is what were you thinking here? Just sort of backing up. Um, man, I can't even think to the round before backing up Dejounte, getting another guard, getting some assists. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, I felt like shoring up the guard spot here. Uh, I had went to, um, you know, forward slash center in the the first two rounds. I felt like shoring up the guard spot here. Uh, And I felt like, again, this was probably the best value uh, on the board uh, just based on how he performed last season. Uh, I was not a believer in him last season. Uh, I mean, you go back and look at the receipts. I was saying, man, he's being overdrafted. He's not going to live up to this hype. Uh, and, of course, he came out and him and Sabonis just absolutely crushed it. And uh, we all know they were lighting the beam every other night last season. So uh, I, I think Fox can still improve this season uh, or at least be as good as he was last season. So if I can get a guy, uh, you know, if he can play just like that again this season, him and DeJounte, I think, makes a great guard core for this team that I drafted. So two picks ahead of you, Zion Williamson was taken at 41. He, he's going to be a guy that, I mean, he'll there'll be a lot of discussion around where should we take him this season. Uh, is he someone that you're interested in at all this season? And if so, would you go, would you go this high to get him? No, I, I mean, if he falls into the 60s, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I'll be able to help myself. Uh, I, I think if he falls that far, knowing what his ceiling is, I would certainly bite. I, I, I really do. I think that would just be too much temptation. Uh, but drafting him this high, I don't think I'll have any part in him this season. I would really like to to say that I won't. Um, I, I have no problem with him. You know, his 
whatever affairs or whatever pregnancy situation he's dealing with or all that Twitter stuff. Don't, don't care. Don't care a bit about it. Right. He's a young guy with money. He's going to make stupid decisions and he's going to, what he's going to do what he's going to do. Um, but I, I think, I think kind of what it speaks to though, is how's he investing his time? How's he investing his money? Uh, is he taking care of his body? What's he doing in the off season? All of those kind of things on Twitter kind of paints him as a guy that, maybe his focus is on things other than basketball right now. Uh, and a lot of the off season chatter, you know, from the Pelicans kind of came to, well, are they going to trade him? Are they considering offers? Mm-hmm. Um, I think just all that negative attention, he could either swing to be a guy that comes back and lets that fuel him and, and just comes out amazing. Uh, or he could just be a total bust and a dud. And this is his last season uh, in new Orleans. And so just for that reason alone, uh, I think I'm, I'm, you know, washing my hands this year. Yeah, there's, there's quite a bit of risk there. Um, I mean, he was he was really good last season until he got injured. But the hamstring, like hamstrings injury, hamstring injuries don't usually take three months, um, four months. Like he basically missed the whole what two thirds of yeah. the season. Um, with and and I mean, look, a significant hamstring injury, yes, like a hamstring torn off the bone, yes, but there was never any mention of that. They they, they made it sound like it was a sort of a grade two, six weeks, then he'll be back, then he reaggravated it. Uh, I don't know. You you just, I mean, you never know what to believe, but yeah, look, he's he's probably he's someone that I really hope can turn things around and have a strong season because I like the Pelicans. They looked awesome to start last season. They were they were right up the top of the standings in the Western Conference. So fingers crossed he can. But, um, yeah, I think much like you, I'm a little bit hesitant to take him this early. Uh, fifth round, pick 49, OG Ananobi, Nick Claxton, Alper and Shangoon, Jalen Williams, Bradley Beal, Ja Morant, DeMar DeRozan, Scotty Barnes, Zach Levine, Tyrese Maxey, Kyle Kuzma, Chris Middleton. So you've gone three guards in a row. You've taken Ja Morant at 54. Uh, I think Doc and I spoke about this a little bit. I don't know, a fraction high, but I doubt he would be there the next round. So if you want him, you probably, like I've got him at around 60. So not a huge reach. Um, we know he's going to miss 25 games minimum this season. So basically that rules him out for, what, the first two months, um, assuming he'll be back Christmas. I, I, I mean, I don't know the numbers exactly, but uh, did, was this a reach for you or, or is this sort of a, this is the range that you need to be grabbing him and and you're happy with it? Probably the range you need to be reaching at to get him. Uh, I guess this is dependent on your league and the guys you draft with. Um, you know, I was having a little bit of fun with this pick. Um, but, you know, I, I think with DeJounte and Fox, I thought it would be, you know, a nice gamble to take Morant here. Uh, I think I can kind of weather the storm until he returns. Um, I did not pick up Marcus Smart later in the draft. But I think if your Sanger takes him at all, all, all uh, it's probably not a bad idea to include Marcus Smart uh, a little bit later in your draft. Um, and, and I just want to say, uh, looking at this, uh, this round here, I really, really like that Ananobi pick there at 49. I think he's a guy that could be, uh, you know, he has top 15 upside, really. Uh, with Van Vliet gone, if he can see a little more usage, uh, just because of everything he does, especially with the steals, which is another you know pretty valuable category along with blocks. Uh, I really, really like that value at 49. I think that was phenomenal. There's actually there's a few guys in this round that I think you could you could spend five minutes talking about. Um, Claxton at 50. I mean, like I said earlier, he was in he was a second rounder last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see his role changing. Maybe he drops back a little bit, but he, he could still very well be a top 30 guy. Um, Shengun at 51. What are your thoughts on him this season? Because he he's Again, one of those polarizing kind of guys that some people are really high on, and some people just think he's not a waste of space. But he, he doesn't fit what they're doing in Houston. He doesn't fit their fast tempo. So, is he someone that you're sort of targeting this season, or are you going to just leave him for for someone else? 
Yeah, I'll leave him. Uh, and, and part of that is, uh, you know, obviously recency bias. I think he got overdrafted last year by me and others and, um, you know, failed to live up to you know, some of the hype we were presenting him as, uh, as like a, you know, Sabonis or a Jokic Jr. with his ability to things. Um, I, I think just Houston's offseason moves uh, maybe kind of show you that they are uh, not fully committed to giving him a ton of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started last season giving, you know, guys like Bruno Fernando, um, you know, a ton of minutes at center, uh, which made no sense to me. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave him for somebody else to draft and be their headache. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think obviously they didn't, they haven't made any changes in the center spot, but the fact that they were going after Brooke Lopez, that it is a bit of a red flag that, that they aren't as high on Sengun as, as some fantasy managers are. Uh, sixth round, Jordan Poole, yeah. Jarrett Allen, Josh Giddy, Brooke Lopez, Jabari Smith, DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert, Paolo Banquero, Derek White, Julius Randle, Anthony Simons, and CJ McCollum. So this is the second guy that I alluded to earlier that you took. So you've now got Wemby and Rudy Gobert. Simply by having those two guys, you'd have to be one of the top three teams in blocks, I would think, um, with only two players. So... I really like Gobert here. Uh, I think he was um, he was obviously overdrafted last year, but was uh, he was what top sixty ish? So I I can't see him being any worse than he was last season. I know Towns wasn't there, which people will say, well, Towns wasn't there, so Gobert played a lot more and, and had more of an opportunity. But I'm not sure that's actually the case. Uh, I think having Towns there might help Gobert a little bit. So I don't know. I, I like Gobert here. Uh, what are your thoughts? Absolute steal. Uh, I think people are, you know, very low on him after what happened last season. Um, you know, he was still a double double, uh, you know, with plenty of blocks. And as you mentioned, with him and um, uh, Wemby, still going to be competitive. Uh, and to, to get a guy that can get me two blocks this late in a draft, to me, I, I think is just a no brainer. Uh, so I really like this pick here. I shored up my center position. Um, and, and I feel like at this point through the draft, uh, you know, my core team has really, you know, kind of formed up here. So, uh, yeah, a few safe guys here, I think. The one guy I want to talk about, and I know there's um, a few analysts out there who are very high on him, Derek White at 69. He is going to be starting for Boston. That that has been announced uh, since we did the draft, I think, but we all assume that anyway. Is Derek White someone you're as high on as I'm trying to – I think, is it Alex Burns? Someone is really high on him. Um, are you – like, is he going to be one of your guys it's this year, or, Noah or is he going to go too high? Oh, Noah. Okay. Yeah, uh, he's not one of my guys this year. Uh, I mean, I, I've followed along with some of his uh, off-season highlights. I see he shaved his head, and people are saying, "Man, it's it's bald Derek White mode." He's gonna he's gonna go <laughs> off and and on and on. And that's great. I think he can – I mean, he could be a great player this year. Um, and he's a guy that we've highlighted in the past as somebody that uh, can provide some of those, you know, non-traditional guard stats. Like he's very good in the blocks category from the guard perspective, uh, you know, which obviously is it can be very valuable. Uh, but he's going to be highly overdrafted this year. Uh, he played a lot last season, uh, even though he didn't start every game. Uh, so I don't see that there is a ton of opportunity for his minutes or usage to really skyrocket and put him into the top 75 uh, conversation. He'll, he can be a top 100 guy, um, but, you know, reaching for him inside the top 70, I think there are better options here. Okay, so what are we in? Seventh round. Um nice picks here too we had miles bridges uh go off the board at 73 cam johnson 
Trey Murphy, Jeremy Grant, Jakob Pertl, Terry Rozier, Franz Wagner, Tyler Hero, John Collins, Austin Reeves, Keldon Johnson, Buddy Heald. Terry Rozier was your pick, uh, so another guard for you. Um, are you sort of concerned about his upside, I suppose, or his opportunities now that, well, fingers crossed, Lamelo is is healthy? Um, but they, I mean, they had a high draft pick. They didn't take Scoot, uh, which that would have really cut into his minutes. So he, he's, I think the thinking was if they took Scoot, Rosie was probably out of there. They were probably going to try and trade him, but they didn't. So, yeah, look, I think he, he's relatively safe here. Uh, he was 98 last season. I don't know. Is there some concern that he can't, that he can't sort of top what he did last season? Yeah, there's there's obviously some concern there. Um, so maybe this was a little bit of a reach, uh, but you know we've seen this guy uh, provide you know third round value uh, for entire seasons before. Uh, so we know what the upside looks like for him. Um, you know, as you mentioned, they didn't go with Scoot; they went with Brandon Miller, uh, which was uh, certainly helped uh, Rosier's case here. Uh, I think right here in the draft, uh, I did want to get a little bit of help with some three pointers. Um, so, and, and obviously his scoring is going to be a big deal for me as well. Um, and again, with John Morant being out, uh, Rozier definitely, uh, you know, puts me firmly in place here at the guard position until Morant comes back. Uh, Rozier, even with Lamelo ball on the court can still get me four to five assists per night. Uh, he can still get me one to, you know, 1.2, 1.3 steals a night. Um, field goal percentage is not great, but with some of these other guys that I've drafted, I think I can kind of, you know, I can deal with that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. A uh, couple of guys we'll quickly just touch on before we move on miles bridges. Um, people have their thoughts and, and rightfully so on, on him as a, a person and all the off court stuff in terms of fantasy. Uh, what, what do you think he's, what are we looking at this season from miles bridges? Yeah, I, I mean, we knew we know what he could do two seasons ago when he broke out. Uh, so he was a guy that was on, uh, you know, on my radar in my queue here. Um, I think this was maybe a little bit early for him uh, to go in the draft, but you know, he can he can certainly finish inside the top 100. Um, so I'm fine with him being drafted there. It might be a little bit of a reach, but uh, he does have that ceiling. Um, and I, I really like the Cam Johnson pick one pick later. I think he, um, you know, after he had a really good last season, especially towards the end with the Nets, uh, I think he can be, he can blow past that 74, uh, you know, draft capital right here. Yeah. Cam Johnson was, he's one of the guys I'm really high on this season. He was 54th last season. Uh, I mean, and I don't think he did anything sort of outlandish. There was nothing unsustainable there. So so I think he could break the top 50 this season. Um, John Collins at 81. Obviously, he's now in Utah, so he's finally out of Atlanta. Coming off, oh, I mean, I haven't even looked, but I would assume it was probably his worst season last year uh, or close to. Is he someone you think can bounce back in Utah? Yeah, he can. He can absolutely. Uh, and when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at a Utah Jazz team that uh, will probably have plenty of minutes to go around for him, I, I think getting him at 81 here is you know right in that sweet spot for him. Uh, I don't know that you'd want to draft him at you know round or pick 50 to 60. That might be a little too rich for some, but if you can get him right here, uh, I think that's excellent. Yeah, I think I think so. I think in this range, 80, 90, the upside is there to be a top 60, 50 player. So you take a bit of a risk. Um, 85 was Scoot Henderson, Tyus Jones, Jalen Duran, Devin Vassell, Onyeka Okongwu, Jaden McDaniels, Keegan Murray, Jalen Green, Mark Williams, Trey Jones, Shaden Sharp, and, oh, and I typed his name wrong, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Keegan Murray, so you took Keegan at 91. Um really boosts your three-point um, 
three-point category here. Now, I'm trying to think back 12 months to last season. Was Keegan someone you were really high on? I know someone was really high on him. Was it you? Yeah, it was me, and I, I way overdrafted <laughs> him last season, like fifth, sixth round type of overdrafted. So, um, yeah, it, it felt it felt a lot better this year to get him at 91. Uh, I think I'm still kind of scratching the you know ceiling with him. I don't see him way overperforming this. Um, but based on the other options that were out there, uh, you know, I thought this was a, a pretty solid pick. I think he can improve this season. Um, you know, obviously the three pointers, uh, he can score a little bit more this season. Um, so I, I think he can get inside the top 100. Yeah, I think so. He was 109 cat. He was 116th last season. And I think we could agree that he won't be any worse than he was last season, especially to start the season. I thought he came on a little bit towards the back end. Um, and, but yeah, I think, I mean, we saw in Summer League this year, I mean, as he should be, he dominated Summer League. He was he was a step above, yeah. which is what you want to see from someone like Keegan. So, yeah, look, I, I think he's fine here. Um, just one guy before we go to the next round and another one of these guys that's going to evoke a lot, a lot of discussion this year on Yeka Okongwu at 89. What are you, Clint Capella is still there. He's still in Atlanta. Uh is a Kongwu someone that you're as high on as a few of a few other analysts, myself included? Yeah, if you can, I mean, if you can stomach the will they, won't they game that Atlanta likes to play, uh, then absolutely. I mean, they dealt with that with John Collins for quite a while. Um, it, you know, it, it's just a matter of when is Capella going to be out the door uh, because Okongwu, to me, is not going to be a significant you know, fantasy option until Capella is gone. Um, you know, he, he he had some great moments last season playing behind Capella, uh, and they were kind of in an even time shared to end the season. Uh, but again, you still have a guy that's making quite a bit of money at the center position for Atlanta. So, uh, you know, Capella is not going to just ride the bench uh, at his current salary. So hopefully Atlanta moves on from him and gives Okongwu, uh, you know, the minutes that he deserves – uh, but until that happens, it's going to be – it's a risky pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping and, – and there's – I mean, there's rumours of the, the whole Pascal Siakam trade and him coming in and Capella going out. But, yeah, I, I think we would need Capella to go for – to, to break out, obviously. But he was top 80, I think, last season in nine cat um, in 23 minutes. So – there's enough there, I think, to take a risk on him here and, and then keep your fingers crossed. Uh, okay, the ninth round. Mitch Robinson, Chris Paul, Robert Williams, Andrew Wiggins, Wendell Carter, Spencer Dinwiddie, Michael Porter Jr., Marcus Smart, Tobias Harris, Bruce Brown, Dan Gafford, and Draymond Green. So you you went with Spencer Dinwiddie. You had the opportunity to go with Marcus Smart. He went two picks after you. Is that, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, the fact having Jar, do you sort of handcuff him with Marcus Smart, who's going to step up in the first third of the season? Um, what what were your sort of thoughts here taking Dinwiddie over Marcus Smart? Points, I'm assuming. I just, yeah, points. Um, you know, last season's performance, uh, plenty of opportunity with Brooklyn. Uh, I thought this was a, a pretty good spot to get him. Um, and, we did 45 second picks. So this was a lack of preparedness on my part. I mean, to be honest with you here, I mean, I, I should have grabbed smart looking back on it. And that's why I mentioned it earlier. Cause I looked back and said, well, hell I, I could have just grabbed the guy right there and really just kind of handcuffed him and, and been set. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was, that was my fault. Uh, and, and just not having, you know, up to date rankings and, and plans in my head right here at the, at the, at this point in the draft. Uh, so two guys uh, that I'd like to talk about. Chris Paul at 98 feels about right. Mm. What do you think he's going to do this season? Yep. Like, How much is he going to play? Is this, this is about the right range, do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Chris Paul. Uh, there's all this talk about, you know, is he coming off the bench? Is he 
turning his nose down at coming off the bench? Is he going to be okay playing alongside Curry? Uh, you know, how are they going to shuffle this lineup around? Uh, but either way, off the bench or in the starting lineup, uh, he's he's going to see probably close to 30 minutes a night, uh, if not more. Uh, and to get a guy right around pick 100 that has a, a ceiling of 10 assists per game, that's just unheard of in fantasy hoops. I mean, you you never see guys with that many assists go this late in the draft. So this is, this is absolutely a, a great pick right here. And the other guy uh, I'm interested in your thoughts is uh, is Daniel Gafford at 107. Mm. Um, I know a few few analysts uh, are pretty high on him this season with Porzingis gone. The Wizards are rebuilding, so I mean all all signs would tell us that he's going to start. He could play 30 minutes a night. Uh, he was he was pretty good last season, even with uh, even with Porzingis there. Um, is he like I don't know. I guess I think when I think of him, I sort of compare him to like a Nick Claxton or a Walker Kessler. He's in that that sort of uh, that same group in terms of skill set. I don't think he's as good as those guys when it comes to blocks, um, but could certainly be fourteen and ten or thirteen and ten with one and a half, one point eight blocks, uh, efficient, better from the free throw line than both of those guys. So he's sort of up around seventy percent, not fifty. So I I think he's awesome value here at 107. Oh my gosh, man! This was and again another guy that I should have just paid more attention to the draft board here because he's he's a great pick right here. Um, I you know we see Robert Williams at 99, um, and I think Danny G could be a guy that is kind of similar to uh, Time Lord from two seasons ago, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, 70 percent field goal. Um, you know, double-double, uh, 1.5 to 2 blocks a game. Uh, with Gafford, his biggest knock has always been the inconsistent playing time, uh, the injuries. Uh, but if he can get somewhere in that 30 minutes a night range, I mean, you're looking at a top 20 guy. I, I mean, if he just – if he stays healthy and plays that many minutes. I, I mean, so getting him here is potentially one of the, you know, league-winning moves here for this mock draft. So if we look, I mean, just because they're on, I can see them on the same page. Jakob Pertl went at seventy-seven. Daniel Gafford went at one hundred and seven. Would you take Gafford mm-hmm. over Pertl? There's, there's no question about it. Absolutely. There you go. Lots of, lots of value to be found then. Uh, right into the last three rounds of the draft. So one hundred and nine was Jonas Valanciunas. Jordan Clarkson, Markel Fultz, and I spelt Markel wrong. Good job, me. Gary Trent, Clay Thompson, Clint Capella, Brandon Miller, Kevin Porter, Zach Collins, Herb Jones, Asar Thompson, and Colin Sexton. So you went with Brandon Miller at 115. Um, I mean, rookies, you, you're never sure. As you said last season, you were you were super high on Keegan Murray, and that didn't really work out. Brandon Miller at 115, I think that, that feels fine to me. Like, I think this is the range where you start taking flyers and you start looking for upside. So um, is that sort of what you were thinking here? Just he's worth a shot? Yeah, he's worth a shot. Uh, it's it's fun to get rookies on your team. Uh, and he's one that uh, has a lot of upside, I think, um, as long as he doesn't uh, fortunately, the limit in the NBA is six fouls a night, so he's not going to be racking up eight to ten like he did in summer league every night. Um, so if he can stay out of foul trouble, I think he's got a lot of upside. Um, so, yeah, it was just an upside flyer pick that I went with. Um, I, I really like the Gary Trent pick at 112 with Fred Van Vliet out the door. I think he, he's going to blow past that. Uh, and Capella at 114, no matter where he ends up, uh, you know, a guy that is going to get you a double-double with, you know, one or more blocks a game is, is going to, you know, outperform that that draft capital as well. Yeah. Uh, Markel Fultz is someone I'm very high on this season, and I've said that on a few shows already. At 111, um, he was last season. Uh, I know he was better than that. So he was 91 last season. I know they've got uh, Anthony Black there now, which I don't know. That's It frustrates me a little bit, but I still think Fultz is the guy that they want running the point at the moment. 
what are your thoughts on Fultz this season? The the Orlando backcourt is a little bit crowded. Uh, they've they've got Fultz, they've got Black, they've got Jalen Suggs, they've got Cole Anthony, they've got Gary Harris. So there's mouths to feed there, but I still like Fultz. Yeah, drafting Anthony Black, um, you know, at number six, definitely it kind of throws a wrench into things here. But I, I really do like Fultz in this range. Uh, you know, he as long as he can stay healthy, uh, you know, he's got that triple-double upside that, that really kind of makes you salivate. Uh, and especially getting him this late in the draft, I think that's a, that's a fine pick right there. Uh, so the 11th round, we only went 12 rounds deep. I sort of just – and that was more just – because we were doing a show, I wanted to keep it short. Um, I'd probably do another two rounds uh, at least if we if it was a real draft. Uh, at 121, Boyan Bogdanovich, Amen Thompson, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Herter, Emmanuel Quickly, Christian Wood, David Roddy, Jaden Ivey, Jeremy Sohan, Yusuf Nurkic, Denny Avdia, and Patrick Williams. So you went with Christian Wood. Uh, I don't know. I had questions about that pick, and, and I think uh, Doc was very high on it. Doc Doc likes Christian Wood, so he he liked that pick. I had a few questions, um, just given uh, what his role might look like. So so what are you what are you thinking here with Christian Wood? I think no matter where he ends up, uh, this is a guy that we've seen can be a twenty point per night score. A guy that for portions of the last season was averaging you know one and a half blocks a game, a guy that can get you rebounds. Um, You know, he's not going to give you a ton across the board, uh, but is he going to be a top 100 guy no matter where he lands? I think more likely than not, he will be, Uh, you know, whether that's with Dallas or he signs a veteran minimum with the Lakers or wherever he ends up. Uh, So I thought that was um, just a fun upside pick here here, uh, for a guy that, you know, we've seen have some really you know big fantasy seasons, and I, I didn't have to reach up or or overdraft him here. I'm kind of in that late round flyer type of phase here. Yeah, uh, and then just before we go to the last round, Denny Avdia, uh, someone that I don't know, I, I, I like him as a late round pick this year. Uh, I think with Beal gone, um, he could. Still not sure he starts. We don't really know what they're going to do with their starting lineup, but. If he can play 28, 30 minutes a night, he can. He gets good assist numbers, solid on the defensive end, can hit a three, decent scorer. So he's sort of one of those guys, I think, in a roto format, really well suited to, to that. But do you like him as a, as a late-round guy this year? Yeah, Grand Slam Avdia. I absolutely love that pick here late in drafts. Uh, I think he can really... Uh, he can really step up this year with Porzingis out. Uh, you know, obviously he would have been much better if Kuzma hadn't signed uh, that new deal. Uh, but yeah, Avdia is a guy that really came on uh, strong to end last season. And I think he can carry that over. Last round, Mike Conley, Stephen Adams, Sadiq Bay, Kobe White, Keontae George, DeAnthony Melton, Javon Carter, Tari Eason, Benedict Matherin, Jonathan Kaminga, Al Horford and Malcolm Brogdon. You went with Javon Carter. I like this pick. Uh, I think he's probably going to start in Chicago. Um, we saw last season and even the season before, from memory, when he started, when players were out in Milwaukee, he was he was good. I remember he had one game where he went off for like forty points or something. It was because I happened to stream him in. That's the only reason I remember it. Um, solid in threes, assists, steals. Uh, almost a little bit like a Patrick Beverly, but with more scoring upside. So I, I love this as a last round pick. Um, what do you think he can do in Chicago this year? Yeah, I, I think he'll be their starter this season. Um, you know, and people have said, oh, will it be him? Will it be Io? Will it be, uh, you know, Kobe White? Uh, I, I think Carter's ability to, uh, you know, play solid perimeter defense is going to give him the edge there uh, as the starter. Um, you know, and I had other, I had other guys in mind here. I had, uh, you know, Aaron Gordon in my queue. I had Tari Eason on my queue, Al Horford. Uh, those were guys I was looking at. Uh, but again, Carter is a guy that I, I think has a ton of upside, uh, especially in the assist category and the steals category late. 
Uh, and again, this is this is the fantasy basketball fun aspect here. I'm a West Virginia alum, so I've been following Carter since he was in college. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan. My wife and I actively root for him wherever he's played, whether if it was in Memphis or Milwaukee. Um, so, yeah, just happy to have him on my team here. Uh, and just one guy uh, here that I don't know. I think he's garnered a bit of uh, a bit of momentum heading into drafts. Is Keontae George? Uh, mm-hmm. He was really good at summer league. Not sure exactly where he fits in terms of the in in the rotation in in Utah. I mean, I think you could make a pretty good case to start him over Colin Sexton, but I don't think they'll do that. But is Keontae George someone that you think can sort of what he did in summer league can translate somewhat into the NBA this season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, th- this is uh, another perfect example of a, just a late round flyer. Uh, you take a guy that uh, performed, as you mentioned, really well in summer league, uh, you know, a guy that had a strong season coming out of college uh, and a guy that is uh, in a perfect opportunity now in Utah where you're not entirely sure who's going to be starting, uh, you know, how many minutes are going to be doled out here and there. Uh, so I, I really, really like this pick here, especially this late in drafts. Uh, you really can just take the highest of upside picks right here. Yeah, I think Doc and I sort of mentioned often the guys anywhere from around pick 110 on, you got to view them as guys that you can move on from if you need to. You drop yep. them, pick up someone else. Um, usually happens. It's, it's. I would say it's it's pretty uncommon for you to stick with your complete roster for the whole season there's going to be streaming there's going to be injuries all sorts of things so um yeah so no i I like him there uh so that will that'll bring us to the end of the draft um that was good we covered your team i'm glad i didn't have a team to cover because then we would have (laughs) taken much longer uh i will i will let you go but before we do that um i know it's it's pretty quiet at the moment um there's not a lot happening in fantasy basketball. This is probably the quietest period of the year for us, um, the next couple of months. But what uh, what have you got going on over at um, NBC? Yeah, so at NBC, uh, we're going to start making our preparations for, uh, you know, off-season content, draft guide type of content. Uh, we'll be trying to work on that, roll some of that stuff out here over the next month. Um, in the, in the cooker right now, I do have an article coming out this weekend, um, highlighting a handful of players that I think have uh, first round upside. Um, you know, I think guys are always looking for the next SGA or DeJounte Murray, those type of guys that can bust into the first round that you weren't expecting. Uh, so I've got a handful of guys that I think, uh, have that ceiling. Uh, so that be on the lookout for that article here in the next couple of days. We will indeed do that. So that will do it for today's show. Uh, Remember, you can check out all of our content at fbibasketball.com. You can find uh, find me on Twitter at AdamKing91. Find Zach at ZachTheMonster. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We'd love it if you would subscribe to our YouTube channel and give us a thumbs up. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.